Support for the Rated JG podcast is brought to you by Accent Sledge Supplements. I have personally been using Accent Sledge Supplements for over a year now, and I love them. And I'm not telling y'all anything other than the truth because I promise you that I would never join with a company that I don't support. This company is all about being upfront and honest about their products and the ingredients inside of them. The company is ran by former IFBB professional bodybuilder Seth Ferrosi, who decided back in 2018 that he was tired of working for companies that took shortcuts and used subpar ingredients in their supplements. So he started Accent Sledge. Every single product on the Accent Sledge lineup has patented ingredients that have been through rigorous testing to ensure quality and consistency. They offer everything from stimulant-based pre-workouts, non-stimulant-based pre-workouts, grass-fed whey protein, vegan protein, sleep aids, joint and muscle recovery products, and even amino acids. So stop settling for anything less than the best. Use my discount code, JGill10, at checkout for 10% off of all your orders. Welcome to the Rated JG Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gilly. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's freaking go baby i love it what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of the rated jg podcast we are fired up in here today because my dallas stars are on freaking fire and i couldn't be more happy about it so i'm here to tell you all about it decked out in the jersey got green shit everywhere i'm ready to rock and roll Man, so if you're not a hockey fan, that's totally fine. I don't get it, but this is not the podcast for you right now because that's all we're going to be talking about today. So without further ado, I'm going to jump into it and talk to you about all the fun and exciting things that have been happening in the world of Dallas Stars hockey. So I am a firm believer that I think that playoff hockey is the best thing ever. I think that playoff hockey is one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting sport thing like I mean playoffs are exciting no matter what sport you're watching but playoff hockey is different these dudes are out there skating like like faster than you've ever seen them skate they are playing with a purpose they are I mean going in there trying to take each other's heads off like it is it's just a spectator sport for sure and for like the diehards that have been watching it for you know the build-up and everything that happened this year with coronavirus and all that, like if you have been watching it up to this point, it almost makes it even more satisfying to see what's going on. You know, the stars are in it. They're moving on. They're in the, you know, Western Conference Finals. So this is a big deal. This is a big year. And it's bringing a little bit of happiness and amongst all the crap that's been going on. So I figured if I have a lot of casual hockey fans that listen to this podcast. I know a lot of my friends are uh, I'm I'm forcefully making them hockey fans, but but they are they're uh, very casual to say the least, which is fine, but I felt like, you know what? Maybe I can do like a little rundown on this episode to kind of bring those of you that aren't as deep into it, kind of bring you up to speed so that way whenever you see the games on, you have a little bit more of an idea of what's going on because there's a lot that's happening behind the scenes. 
So, um, like I said, if you haven't watched it up to this point, the Stars are in the Western Conference Finals. This is the first time they've been there since, I believe, 2008. So it's the third round of the playoffs, which is a huge deal, which means if we move past this round, we're in the Stanley Cup. So this is like the, the cream of the crop. This is only four teams left, and everybody out there is crazy good. So um, starting in round one, uh, we played the Calgary Flames, who is a good team. I mean, they're, they're definitely like, I mean, they're a playoff contender, so they had to have been good to even get there in the first place. They have one of the most notable players on their roster, Johnny Hockey. Uh, Johnny Goudreau is, is a beast. But we, we handled them, I believe, in six games. So we moved on to the second round, which was great. Um, like I said, first round got our, got our legs underneath us, kind of moved some lines around, put different defensive pairings out there to see how people play together. Because if you don't remember, we did a round-robin tournament before this playoff, after the coronavirus break, they did a round-robin tournament for every team that was like um, already a pl- got a playoff berth, and the Stars were one of those teams. So they did the round-robin to kind of determine how like a seeding for the playoffs because the other teams were still fighting to get into the playoffs. We had already secured our spot, so this round-robin tournament that we did determined our seeding for the people that got into the playoffs afterwards. So we, we drew Calgary, and we played um, in those in those round-robin games. We were, I mean, it was, nobody really knew what was going on. It was first time they played in so long, but whatever, we made it, and then we handled Calgary. So that's, that's great. Moved on to the second round, and the second round was, to this day, that this might be the most memorable playoff series that I can remember. I mean, it's... You know, a couple years ago with the with the St. Louis thing, we were we were within inches of moving on. I think it was actually last year. We were within inches of moving on to beat St. Louis in Game Seven. Rope Hints had a wraparound goal attempt, and it was like I mean, legit three to four inches from going in the net. And if that happened, we would have moved on. St. Louis wouldn't have won the cup. So it's kind of got a bad taste in our mouth from the second round. But this round or this year, we drew Colorado, who is widely thought of and you can make a case for the best team in the playoffs as a matter of fact Rick Bonus our coach said that on record he goes I think Colorado's the best team in this playoffs so that was before teams moved on or anything he already said that so but there's a caveat to that because we played Colorado four times in the regular season and we smoked them ran the gambit for nothing we just handled them it doesn't mean that they're a bad team, obviously. I mean, they're they're incredibly good. We just play well against them, and we won every single game against them. Great. Kind of got a little bit of a confidence booster in us. So move on to that round, <clears throat> and we come out guns blazing. So, I mean, it's we go up to a 3-1 to one series lead. So we're one game away from moving on to the next round. Sitting pretty. This is, this is great. You know, like I said, 3-1 to one lead. So we go into game, which would be game five, and... Even the casual fans know the name Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop is our six foot six goalie from Denver, Colorado. This guy is a massive upper echelon elite goaltender in the NHL. Ask anybody, look at the look at his track record, look at all of his accolades over the years. It's undeniable Ben Bishop is the cream of the crop. And whenever he is playing to the highest of his capability, I would venture to say he's top three in the NHL. He is, when he is playing at his highest level, there is very few, if any, goaltenders that are better than him. But he has to play at that level. 
because he's very Jekyll and Hyde. And I think that that comes along with being a goaltender. It's kind of like being a quarterback. You know, like if you if you're great, everybody's on your side, everybody loves you. But if you have an off game, you're public enemy number one. But Ben Bishop has been since he's been with Dallas. It's weird. He's um he's obviously played great. He he has look at look at the track record. He's played great. But I don't know if I don't feel like he's. It's weird. I don't know, like the camaraderie, like the chemistry is not there. I feel like the team plays better for our backup goalie, Anton Hadobin. I feel like the team would go to war for Dobby. I don't know if they, I mean, they will, they're professionals, they're going to do their best any day of the week, but like, I feel like they play different when Anton's on the ice. And rewind back, I said, we're on game five here, we're up three to one. And Rick Bonus plays, um, he, he starts Ben Bishop after Anton Adobin has been doing great all playoffs. Bishop was medically unfit to play, and then once he comes back, Bonus throws him in the lineup, which his exact quote was something along the lines of, when your number one goalie tells you that he's ready to go, you put him in the lineup. And I I don't agree with that. If you played sports growing up, you go with the hot hand. I don't care if you're the varsity starter that's been, you know, has an amazing track record and you've been great forever. If if you're hurt and your backup fills in and he's playing, he or she is playing to the highest of their ability and the team is winning, why would you ruin that? Why would you why would you throw them back in there if the team is responding well to their absence? But anyways, I'm not an NHL freaking goaltender. I'm not an NHL coach. But needless to say, Rick Bonus puts in Ben Bishop and we get fucking smoked I mean wiped the floor with us like five goals allowed in like the first like 25 minutes I mean it was it was a bloodbath they they smoked us and everyone can say oh it was defense this yeah of course it's not just his fault but I don't know I don't understand why you would mess don't if it ain't broke don't fix it you know what I'm saying so anyways there's that they pull him out. We go, uh, uh, or Colorado wins that game. It's three to two. They start Dobby the next game. We lose. It's a tie game or tie series, three to three. So we're over here sitting pretty, you know, a couple weeks ago thinking, oh my God, we're going to skate on to the next round. No pun intended. We're going to skate on to the next round and just ride right off into the sunset and be great. And then Colorado shows us that Colorado is a hell of a team. Mind you, Colorado is playing with a ragtag bunch of dudes like their their lineup is not they they were playing with their third string rookie goalie okay and they they took us to seven games they beat us in a lot of these games like with a third string rookie goalie no playoff experience so think about that so you know they've got McKinnon who plays for them is I mean if you watched 5 minutes of the series you heard the commentators say the the name McKinnon a thousand times they were in love with him. I don't know if they had, they got paid to say his name as much as they did, but you would have thought it was McKinnon versus the Stars. So, anyways, they have talent, but they were a lot of their big guys were hurt, and they still put it on us. And we go to seven games. And speaking on Colorado's injuries, Dallas had a lot of injuries too. Um, not even necessarily injuries, but um, Roman Polak, number forty-five, our defenseman. He's kind of like the air quotes here like bruiser of our team like I don't want to call him like an enforcer he's not going to go around and like get in fights and stuff but he's very much the kind of defensive player that's not going to score goals he's just going to when you enter our zone 
you know, you better have your big boy pants on because you're going to get fucking hit. And he's very much a compliment to our finesse defensive players. We're very much a, a finesse defense team. I mean, Miro Haskin and John Klingberg, like, look at that. That Those two names alone are very much showing up every night on ESPN as scoring goals and having assists, not like hits and fights and stuff like that. But whatever, that's just our style of hockey. So Roman Polak's out. Steven Johns is out, and Steven Johns is a bruiser, but he's got a shot on him too. So he is a just an attribute to have on the ice in general. That dude can shoot, he can score, he can assist, he skates well, he's a hell of a defenseman. So he's gone. That's two of our main guys. And people filled in, no problem. Jamie Oleksiak stepped up. Big Rig has been taking a lot of scrutiny over the years. I have always liked Jamie Oleksiak. I thought when we traded him to uh, Pittsburgh or whatever— I, I didn't want to see him go. I really liked this guy. I just felt like he hadn't reached his potential. I feel like he's skating really well right now. He's playing good. He's playing good hockey, and he's a good defensive pairing. So Alexiak has stepped up. Then we've got um, Hanley stepping up, Fadoon stepping up. These are not household names. These are guys that are scrapping, you know, scraping by to make the roster, and they're playing big time in the playoffs. Like I mean. This is what you want. This is the highest level of your sport. You are in, not only are you in the playoffs, you're two rounds deep. Game seven, two rounds deep. And these guys are, are you know, showing up. And there's one specific name that I was going to mention that I'm sure all of you have heard. If you've even heard, turned on ESPN in the past week, you've heard the name Yoel Kiviranta. Talked about him on the podcast before. This guy is... He's in the wings of the stars, like like the Texas stars. Like he's he's one of those guys that's kind of like um, how Joey Gallo was for the Rangers a couple years ago. He was like too good for AAA, but they didn't really have a spot for him in the major league roster, so he just kind of like bounced up and down. That's kind of what Kiviranta's been. Like he he had some experience, but he's back and forth, back and forth. And then Game Seven rolls around, and there's a guy on our team named Andrew Cogliano. And Cogliano is a hustler of a player. He's not the flashy type. He just does everything well. And he's known around the league as like an, an, an iron man. Like he never takes a day off. He's always in the roster. But he was unfit to play. Like that's number one. That, that's crazy in and of itself that he wasn't able to play. Number two, Yoel Kiviranta gets the call to fill in for him. Mind you, he plays on a line with uh, Roddick Foxa and Blake Como. And these are like, they are the definition of a fourth line. Quick, in your face, shut down the offense from the other team. Like They, they are like, they're just nose to the grindstone type line. And Kiviranta fills into that and he killed it. The dude comes in with zero playoff experience, barely any NHL experience. Scores not one, not two goals, but he gets a freaking hat trick. And the third goal of that hat trick was in overtime, game seven, round two against the team that was widely thought of as the best team in the playoffs. This rookie that has no idea, any any playoff experience, nothing at all. He just showed up to play, freaking scores in OT, moves us on to the next round. You can't write this shit. Like that's just that's playoff hockey, man. Like, I mean, it's I don't understand how people don't just get fully invested into this. This is, you could play out 1,000 scenarios about that game in your head. Jamie Benn, uh, you know, has a great game and, and 
scores two, three goals. Tyler Sagan goes off and he finds his one-timer shot again and the, and the Stars pull ahead. Oh, Ben Bishop finds his way back into the lineup and he looks like the Ben Bishop of old and puts in a, a shutout. No one would have thought Cogliano gets out of the lineup, Kiviranta gets in, gets a freaking hat trick, and the third goal of that hat trick is in overtime to move us on to the next round. Like, what? And that is freaking mind-blowing. And that's the kind of shit that makes me love sports. It makes me... I... You can't even describe the kind of feelings you get. If you're invested in it, if you watch it all year long, like hockey, basketball, and baseball, they're like the longest-running sports. I mean, there's 82 games. There's 162 games, whatever they are. Like, this isn't one or two months of playing. This is half your year, half your calendar year. You're watching this team either succeed or fail. And believe me, if you've been a Stars fan for a while, you've seen both. You've seen heartbreak and you've seen triumph. But this is the kind of stuff that keeps you coming back, man. That's like these Cinderella stories. It's awesome. And then, so that was game seven. We we, we move on to the next round, which was still, talking about it now, I'm still getting fired up. And it makes it even better because they go into the locker room and um, they interview Kiviranta after the game. The guy's holding back tears. And he's just saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. Like, I didn't know that this was going to happen. I hope that I'm in the lineup for the next game. These guys are great. I'm glad I could contribute. Not one thing about him was like, oh, yeah, you know, I played that scenario in my head a million times. I knew if they gave me the puck, I was going to bury it. Like, no, it was all humble, all credit to the team. I'm just glad that they put me in a, in a position to succeed. That's the kind of shit I like. That's what makes the stars, even though they're playing with backups, even though they're playing with, you know, people that are hurt, that the big-name guys really aren't even producing. Sagan's been gone. I don't, it, what has he done this playoff? Nothing. Win face-offs, that's about it. And then Jamie Benn comes in, and he, he was kind of off and on. Radulov had a great game, thank God. Oh, uh, repping that 47 jersey right now. That's my boy. But, like, that's a team. Whenever everyone's contributing, that's a team. We've got our backup goalie in the net that's playing his freaking heart out. And his number one, like, I guess, um, his thing is, like, uh, the thing that people hold against him is, oh, well, he doesn't. He lets two to three goals go by per game. He also had the highest save percentage in, in the NHL this season, 9.3. He led the league in save percentage, okay? And I, like I said earlier in the podcast, the Stars would literally take a bullet for him. If you hear any of the guys talk about Anton Hadobin, any of them, pick him. It doesn't matter if it's Kiviranta who's played one or two games or, you know, Sagan and Ben, like, those guys are like, man, when Dobby's in the net, that dude's a competitor. We're here to win. We're here to play. That's what you want. And it's all working together. So we're moving on. We, this is a, it's actually Labor Day today. So happy Labor Day, everybody. It's Monday. And um, we, we moved on. And last night, so Sunday was game one of the third round against none other than our nemesis, the freaking Vegas Golden Knights. And... This team has a history with us, to say the least. They have our number. They are to us what we are to Colorado. They have our number. They know how to beat us. They know how to play us. They do beat us all the time. Matter of fact, the first game Vegas literally ever played, because they were an expansion team, what, 2018, I think it was, first game they ever played was an away game at the American Airlines Center against the Stars, and they won against Ben Bishop. So that's kind of how... 
hi, welcome into the new the new franchise here. They got our number already. So it's just been they, they just know how to play against us. They're the exact opposite of what the stars are. The stars take chances. The stars are high risk, high reward, but they dump it in the zone with their quick guys and they they put pucks on the net and they make crazy attempts. They they're sometimes they're out of position and whatnot. And they pay for it a lot of the time, you know? But so like whenever those guys are, you know, four checking or, you know, you got a defenseman coming up trying to help the forwards, a lot of the times that turns around and ends up in a goal against. But a lot of the times, like this year, it's found out or excuse me, it's it's played out to our advantage. And Vegas is not like that. Vegas allows like the least, I think they have the least shots allowed on net per game, like throughout the season. They are big. They have insane puck control once they get into your zone. Like, I mean, they're there for a while. They cement themselves there and they wear your defense out. They don't make stupid mistakes. They have a lot of really good guys that put great shots on goal. They have probably the best goalie tandem in the NHL. You know, these guys are they're they're just damn good from top to bottom. And they have my least favorite player in the NHL, Ryan Reeves. This guy is just a goon. Like and he knows it and he gets under our skin and he did it when he played with St. Louis. He's just he is the definition of a hockey antagonizer. He will he'll go have a shift on the ice not even look for the puck. He's just looking to hurt somebody in pursuit of the puck, to get underneath somebody's skin, to make somebody want to fight him. Like He's just that guy. And there's a place for that, obviously. And, dude, he's just had our number, and now he plays for Vegas, and it's just... So Ryan Reeves actually got a one-game suspension because the NHL board uh, deemed that his... his uh, I guess it was like a cross check of sorts or like a, I don't know. I didn't see it happen, but apparently he had an illegal check on somebody in the Vancouver series and the NHL board overlooked it and they suspended him for game one, which was huge for us because he was not on the ice. So let's get into last night's game. Stars come out. It's Vegas. They're the home team. And you know, we all have the history of with, we have a history with Vegas and within the first three minutes of the game, John Klingberg with a wrister. And John Klingberg looked like the John Klingberg of 2016, 2015. You know, confident, just riding that blue line, man, throwing pucks at the net like he doesn't he doesn't care. And it paid off. I mean, he goes stick side on Marc-Andre Fleury, which is, what? I mean, ju- just pile drive the back of the net. Three minutes into the game, holy shit, we're all freaking out. Can't wait to see how this game goes, set the tone. Come to find out, that's the only goal of the game. We win one to nothing. Anton Hadobin, our backup goalie, is in the net, stonewalling a team that's known for putting pucks on the net, known for having uh, zone time, known for being around the net. He has his first career playoff shutout. One to nothing against the team that's supposed to be just running all over us. I love it, man. That's That's what you need. That's... That's how you come out and make a statement. You know, we're we riding the ro- the momentum of that that overtime hat trick. We're riding that momentum. Jamie Ben, our captain, his stats may not. You know, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, you know, stats are a lot like bikinis. They show you a lot, but not everything. And that's true because Jamie Ben, if you look at his stats, 
they're really not nothing's jumping off the boards at you. But Jamie, if you watched him play last night, he's the captain. You know, he's got that C on his jersey, and that means something. And that guy came out ready to he was guns blazing. Every shift he played, he was skating like he was never gonna get back on the ice again. He was checking people into the boards. He was he was throwing pucks across the ice. He was leave he was entering the zone. Like I mean, he was just playing like a captain is supposed to play. Like he knew something was on the line. And whenever your captain comes out there and does that, everybody follows suit. And it just set the tone. Everyone was playing great last night. And another one of the people that I don't think has gotten enough credit personally is Andre Sekera. Um, Andre Sekera is a defenseman. He does absolutely nothing flashy. He doesn't do anything great, but he does everything good. He flies under the radar because, I mean, he's not he's not Klingberg. He's not Haskinen. He's not Esselindel. He's not Oleksiak. He's not a big guy, but he he's smart, and he uses his skating and his hockey IQ to be successful. And he actually had the assist, which was gorgeous, on the, the, the Kiviranta goal that was in overtime. Sekiro was the one behind the net looking for a lane, finds a beautiful pass. Nobody's even around Kiviranta. Beautiful setup, ends up in a game-winning goal. Sekra gets zero credit for that. Nobody even remembers that. He's playing great, and he makes the guys next to him play great too. He's in. He, he's getting in shooting lanes. He's pestering people. He's making you second-guess this pass or this, do I enter the zone this direction, that He's He's just there, and he's doing his job, and that's the kind of stuff that you need, man. And we're just putting all the pieces together. Everything's looking good. I'm incredibly excited for where this series is going to go and if you if you know anything about the stars we we've been going through it with our head coaches um in the past five years we've had four head coaches so we started out with lindy ruff then uh you know he was successful with us then we go ken hitchcock he was you know mildly successful with us i would say i mean he's a great coach both of those guys are hall of fame coaches then we have Jim Montgomery with zero NHL experience coming off of a college coaching career. He's great. I love Jim Montgomery. Then he gets in trouble. And uh, you can Google that to see what happened to him or whatever, but he gets in trouble. And Rick Bonus gets to be our interim head coach, who is our current head coach right now. And Rick Bonus is the man. He is. He kind of reminds me of Dobby. Like He's been around forever. Everyone respects him. Everyone knows him. Everyone's like, okay, this is the guy. And whenever... Rick Bonus was given the the reins and, and was was you know told hey you're the man. Everyone responded well, like they're all like hell yeah man. Bones has been there the whole time. He's on the he's on the sidelines with us. He knows the way that we like to play. He knows what to what fires us up and he knows what we don't respond to. He's the man. So his team wanted to play for him, and I'm not too proud to say that I think that if we would have lost that Colorado series, he'd be gone. No second, you know, no ifs ands or buts about it. And granted, I mean, he probably still will be gone next year. I don't think he's going to be our head coach, but like, the the stars are have every reason to not be performing right now, and they are. And I, I just I love that. I love the the story of a uh, I don't want to call them an underdog, but they are in a sense. You know, they really are, and they're just showing day in and day out why it's so much fun to be a hockey fan and it's so much fun to be a stars fan. But Jamie Ben. Tyler Sagan, Alexander Radulov, Miro Haskinen, these big boys have got to be big boys this this series. You know, it's not relying upon the the backups and whatnot has been 
incredibly beneficial to us up to this point. But now is the time that you show, you know, earn your paycheck. Go get it. Don't let these guys come in. Because Vegas, man, they are incredibly cocky. Rightfully so. They're damn good. And they know it. And us going out there playing our style of hockey, playing the game that we know how to play, has got us to this point. So I don't want them to deviate, but I want those big boys. Could you imagine if Tyler Sagan starts to find out, oh yeah, I forgot, I'm Tyler Sagan. Yeah, that would be insanely helpful right now. You know, if he starts shooting one-timers from the point, you know, like he used to, ripping it 120 miles an hour, that'd be great. Or what if Essa Lindell, who's one of our best defensemen, what if he just finds his stride and starts getting assists and starts, you know, ripping him to the back of the net? What if Klingberg keeps playing like this? You know, giving Haskinen a little bit of a break. Not a not a break, but sharing some of the glory with him because poor Haskinen's on the ice freaking 55 minutes a game, it seems like. But... These big guys got to keep doing what big boys do and go get it. And I'm so excited for this team. I'm so excited for this series. And I apologize if you follow me on any social media. You might want to mute me for the next month or so because that's all you're going to get, man. I'm fired up about it. I love it. And I, um, I'm excited to see how it plays out, this series in particular. Because I, if you would have given me a thousand guesses how game one was going to go, a one to nothing shutout, damn sure was not on that list. So I'm excited. I can't wait. If you're not a hockey fan, try. You know, just Google what are hockey rules or watch one game. Watch a game that's not even the stars. Just see if you can kind of figure out what's going on because I promise you it'll be worth your time. And uh, if you're a DFW sports fan, uh, we've got other stuff coming up. I think the Cowboys are starting next week or something like that. Admittedly, I'm not I'm not an NA or excuse me an NFL fan. I like the Cowboys. I mean, I'll watch them when they're on. It's more of an excuse to for me to eat pizza and drink beer, but like, whatever, I'll watch it. But I mean, you got playoff hockey. Um, the Rangers are abysmal at this point. That's I don't recommend watching the Rangers. But um, you got uh you know the the Cowboys coming up. The Stars are in the playoffs. MMA is going year-round. They're going, kind of going through a, a slump right now with these crappy little cards, but huge fights coming up. You know, Stylebender and Paulo Costa, can't wait for that. One of the best cards of the year is coming up with Gaethje and uh, Khabib. So I'll go deeper into that later on uh, in another episode, but this was all about hockey. So thank you guys so much for the support thus far. Please check out the website, ratedjgpodcast.com. Uh, that is going to be where you can find all my merch. I appreciate all the sales that have come come through thus far. Y'all make sure to tag me in that stuff, and I'll, I always see it, and I appreciate the support. But uh, thank you guys for stopping by, and let's go Stars.